Welcome to the Hacked Off Podcast. In today's episode, we've invited Mike Koss back, mainly because he was the most popular guest of the last season. So well done, Mike, for achieving that. Oh, thank you very much. Mike, what are we talking about today? So I thought we'd have a quick conversation around uh, machine learning, deepfakes, its impacts probably on business in the foreseeable future, and a little bit of social engineering as well. So let's start at the very beginning for those who haven't heard this term mm. before. Um, briefly, what is a deepfake? Okay, so we'll go for the non-technical answer, mm-hmm. which would be any content, video, audio, or news article that doesn't really exist or is a manipulation of something that does. For example, um, there are many there are many good examples on, on the internet, especially on YouTube, but you could have, for example, let's say a politician giving a speech about... I don't know, let's say the economy, right? And you could ha- you could interject a different slant on it. They could say that we're not in a recession when in fact we are in a recession and you could make that public and spread it across social media or share it virally. Um, and that could become the de facto thing that the public believes when in fact that's actually not what was said or was intended by mm-hmm. that speaker. And then the same goes for audio as well. You can manipulate audio to be conversations that never took place but sound exactly as if you and me were speaking right now, but mm-hmm. they could then change the content to make it sound like I respect you. <sighs> Mike, I'm disappointed in you every time you appear on this podcast. It's mainly, mutual. Mainly because... Uh, so that sounds like fake content. So we're talking yes. about generated content. What, what makes it deep fake? Well... Uh, there's a really good site that uh, sort of illustrates this point called uh, This Person Does Not Exist. Mm-hmm. And effectively what that is, is it's a website whereby if you visit it, and I advise that you do, um, it shows you images of what appear to be genuine people, humans mm-hmm. of both genders. And those images are entirely made up. They're created by two competing algorithms using machine learning and uh, gang adversarial networks which we'll dig into later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but effectively yeah. what it is, is they're given a training, or one, <coughs> one, one computer is given a, a set of rules and the other machine in the network goes away and tries to create images or pictures of what it thinks conform to these rules. And one of them says, no, that's not right. The other says, okay, cool. What about this? No, no, no. And this loop continues and continues and continues until you get to a point whereby you are generating completely artificial content by machines following a basic number of rules at a training set. So <clears throat> I feel like that is a way more complicated way than what you asked for. But the whole point is that it's images yeah. that do not exist that are generated purely by a machine. I mean, I said briefly, but since you've gone for the long answer, I would have gone with, um, so fake content generated by machine learning, right? Yes, that seems a lot Thanks, shorter. Mike. No worries. <laughs> so uh, so what can this fake content be used for? So you talked about um, steering political mm. discourse, yes. but, but is there is there a, a risk here from, from phishing or is it just uh, politically motivated attacks? Oh, no. I mean, there's obviously going to be, well, not obviously, but there is <laughs> definitely. In fact, there has been a use case in October uh, whereby... Fake voice mm-hmm. was used to defraud a company of about two hundred thousand euros, I think. And effectively, what happens there is that 
you've got your, your standard invoice scams that come in, right? Whereby maybe an email will come in saying, hey, it's the CEO, I need you to pay this company 200K, mm-hmm. please action it to this new bank account. And the email is spoofed, the sign-off is spoofed or whatever is faked. And it sends to somebody in accounts who then thinks, oh God, it's the CEO and makes that payment. Yeah. And we see that, you know, that is a well-known problem, uh, invoice uh, sort of phishing campaigns. Now you can take up the next level, whereby your CEO, who's obviously a public figure, has probably done a fair bit of press mm-hmm. conferences. What will happen is an attacker will take that audio, they will then run it through a deep fake engine, whatever they want to do, a voice generation engine masking, and they will then be able to phone up an accounts department and actually sound as if it's mm-hmm. a CEO, script on the fly what they want to say, and with about 40 minutes of content, you can cover pretty much everything, every sound um, that is, well, that's covered within the English language. You can then get them to basically ask, mm-hmm. as if it's a real CEO, to transfer X to Y. And this is definitely happening. There has been companies that have been defrauded <coughs> by it. So, yeah, it's going to become a bigger and bigger problem. Um, and it's being, I think what we need to talk about is, as you know, pen testers or as security professionals, how do we include that in our tool set? Because this is something we should be educating companies about. Yeah. And then how do you educate companies to detect these things? Well, this is really funny, actually, because in a presentation I did this morning, one of the um, pieces of, of advice we typically give for, for phishing is mm. if you receive an email that you don't expect, that you don't trust, you know, verify it with the person, talk to them on the phone, give mm-hmm. them a call, and, and just check with them that the email yeah. is legitimate. And, and now what we're saying is not only is it possible that we could craft this content, but that attackers have already done this so it's a demonstrable attack yes yeah and then also now if you get to the point whereby your advice is well give them a call yeah now okay that's fine if they don't have a way of intercepting you know or faking the the phone number or if the phone number is known right so you're Mm -hmm. now going to have to go to the point whereby it's like if it's an email or if it's a phone call and say hey listen look if if you're not convinced you know give me a call back on this number Mm -hmm. how many employees have the ceo's mobile number yeah, yeah. Right? So somebody in accounts gets a phone call and says, hey, listen, uh, transfer X to this. Give me a call back. Here's my number. If you need to confirm this or if there's any concerns, call me on this number. At that point, you'll be calling that number. You'll get the same voice. And how are you going to be able to detect that is not the real CEO? Unless you go back to the address book and you have a contactable number. Yeah. <clears throat> are we then looking at going as far as the old school service desk password reset with a couple of questions associated with it? For every transaction? Yeah. And does that apply for somebody in a CEO position? What's the business impact for that? I mean, the implications across business from audio deepfakes targeting companies, I think, is going to be quite significant. Yeah, I know. I'm glad you said audio deepfakes, because it's like we're about to get onto video and, and all of the other and all of the other content. Yeah. But I think I think the big thing there is just like this isn't something we've theorized about, right? This is a thing that's that's demonstrable. There's products available that can create this content. Yeah. The um, This Person Does Not Exist uh, mm-hmm. website, mm-hmm. You, that's just a site that's up, right? Okay, so it doesn't uh, doesn't do deepfakes of crafted no, content, no. but it, it does create through, through mm-hmm. a machine learning faces that don't exist, which can be used for other means. You know, we'll get onto um, creating profiles of people yes. and generating reputation, those kinds of things. Mm. But yeah, mm. in short, in terms of phishing, um, that's a game changer, right? That that's making the the advice that we've been given people for a long time, which is verify out of band, mm. talk to them on the phone, yeah. check the details. Mm-hmm. The social engineers are going to be able to to deal with that. We're going to be able to entirely bypass that that step in some way. 
Yeah. And, and I know people can sit at home and be like, well, what if you call them or what if you publish the phone number? And yes, there are ways around this. But exactly as you said, Mike, does the business process really work like that? Does that really apply to the CEO? We're going to have to be tight on these processes. Yeah, because you're not going to be, tar- I mean, okay, you can target your, you know, your uh, junior members of staff, right? Mm-hmm. And you can pretend to be them. But the chances are, excuse me, <clears throat> the chances are those people will have a number that's shared with their line manager for contact for standard day-to-day HR purposes, Mm -hmm. all those things. That's fine. But when you start moving up to the C-level executives, that's not not how business works. At a certain level, the information is, you know, closed, private, because, well, for a whole multitude of reasons. So those processes probably won't work. And do you need to go down that, like I said, those verifiable questions that need to be answered? But also, there's probably a way to short-circuit that as well. Yeah. So it will be very interesting to see how this pans out. And this is a demonstrable attack. October, it happened. It was successfully executed by an attacker. And the 40 minutes of recorded audio or audio that's needed to generate all sounds and all possibilities, that's great if you can get 40 minutes, but you don't actually need that much. And there are tools out there that will demonstrate to some varying degrees of success that with two minutes or 30 seconds, you can generate an approximate representation of somebody else's voice. I think one of the things to bear in mind for people uh, (laughs) listening at home as well, of course, is there is creating content which is indistinguishable from a person's natural voice. Mm. And then there's, well, it was a bad phone line and, well, it was only a short conversation and and how those processes actually work. You know, if the caller just says, yep, it absolutely is me. I do need you to make this transfer. You're going to need a lot less content to create that. Uh, Of course. And then also you can prefix the call with, hey, listen, sorry, I'm on a bad line. (laughs) And straight away they're like, okay, well, you know, it kind of sounds like it sounds enough like you, but it could just be a bad line. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. And you can then, you know, you can even overlay the the standard distortion or crackle that you would get on a poor phone line as well. So it's, you know, I, how do we look to address those situations from a deep fake point of view? I mean, the technology is out there. It's completely open source in the most cases as well, which makes it even better. Um, I mean, if you really want to see some of the, the top end sort of deep fake stuff, and this video has been doing the rounds for a little bit, mm-hmm. but... Um, Adobe did a keynote, I think it was a year ago, maybe two, I'd have to check it, but uh, of Adobe Voco, which is their, (laughs) it's fantastic, it's their solution to like, I think their marketing speech is, it's uh, Photoshop for voice. Oh yeah, I've seen that. Right, okay. (laughs) And they're like, oh, well, this allows, um, you know, producers and movie editors to change up their their movie so that... um, if you want an actor to say one thing and they later down the line and think contextually, actually, we want them to say something else, they've got all that voice. And they can literally, if you watch the video, it's fantastic. They talk, they, they switch around. Uh, this guy makes a joke about going home and kissing his dogs and then his wife. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, well, listen, what happens if the guy actually wants to kiss his wife and then his dogs so he doesn't get into trouble with his yeah. wife? So they cut out the word wife and they swap it around yeah. in front of dogs. A copy past. Yeah, it's like, yeah. literally, it is. It's like Control C, Control V. Mm-hmm. And it's, almost flawless and that is that you know if you're looking at the high-end stuff of what you can do with you know non-open source tools yeah these things exist yeah they're they're expensive and i'm pretty sure that adobe is hopefully restrictive with who they sell it to but you know how long is it until somebody takes the open source tools tweaks it and tweaks it and tweaks it Mm -hmm. until you have you know the the gimp equivalent as in GIMP being the free um sort of Linux a new image manipulation That's program. Thank you very much. Yeah. Which is basically Photoshop, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. For open source. Yeah. So that's going to happen with Voco as well. And when that happens, 
it doesn't matter what content you've got. You're literally going to take you and our podcast and be able to switch it up and say whatever we want. I mean, I'm not even here. And make it's, you seem coherent. Absolutely. That's never going to happen. <laughs> so I think I think the point there is um, this isn't an attacker who gets a huge amount of content, who can craft these responses mm. ahead of a call, you know, presuming what the questions are going to be, what the answers are going to be. Mm -hmm. It's like on the fly. Like as the conversation progresses, you can type some text and it can... Yes. Manipulate it. So we're getting to the point whereby it will be a text input box, <laughs> which will literally yeah. like, well, what do you want it to say? As soon as it's like, are you certain that you wish me to transfer this money? Can you tell me, you know, what anything yeah. on the fly or what did you do this weekend? Yeah. Might be out of the uh, out of context. Hi, how are you doing? What did you do this weekend? Yeah. Anyway, oh crap. So they'd be like, oh yeah, no, everything's fine. I watched a movie or I went spent time with my family. Probably standard responses, cut paste. Yeah, and I do. I do worry though, because because we, we say this, we're talking about like you know crafting responses and yeah. like, oh, what do you do with the weekend? But I can imagine for a lot of companies that conversation would be, did you really send this email? Yes. Yeah. Okay, I will process that now. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like yeah, one or two. Uh, yes. Okay, do it immediately. You'd like to think that in the security space that we'd be a little bit more aware of it and mm -hmm. be thinking, oh, actually, well, maybe we should have some of those verifies, mm -hmm. verifications, points, and checks, but. You know, how widespread is this attack? We've seen one instance that we know of. Mm -hmm. It's probably more prevalent, always is, until people come and make it public. You know, it's it's going to be an issue. This is yeah. definitely something. It has been proven that it can work and you can make money from doing it. Yeah. I think um, I think as well, the thing is, this isn't uh, like a niche attack, right? You don't necessarily have to target a security company, an information company. Nope. You know, you could... A target a company that makes envelopes. Anyone who processes transactions, right? Can yeah, you fax me this? Can it, you send me this invoice? The the attacks landscape exists for the same for business as business. Yeah. <laughs> are your business? Do you make money? Yes. The 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 amount of damage, the amount of money to be stolen, can be less. Obviously, you may have points and checks and balances based on a certain amount, which I'm pretty sure if you you know you can find out what that is. Mm -hmm. If your CEO needs to sign off anything above twenty five k, fair enough. We're going for twenty three k. Yeah, yeah. At which point then it's a phone call pretending to be somebody from finance yeah. to transfer it. 23k twice, that's the yeah, exactly. Multiple well, small every, transactions. Every day, right? <laughs> Until it racks up. Wow. So so we've concentrated on uh, on audio content. Mm. So does that mean that the advice for the foreseeable future is going to be, well, you need to do a video call? Because I'm presuming we can't say, well, if you see or want something, you have to go and see them in person. Yeah, that never happens. I mean, yeah. yeah really hard to track down. Yeah. So it's going to be what you, you need to verify all bank transfers over Skype is, you know, what your uh, video call software of choice. I mean, sure. That also seems very impractical. Um, and also... How long are we before yeah, we can deep fake video, mean, right? Seeing some of the stuff that I've seen already just by having a bit of a look and doing a little bit of research is, you know... The, the, okay, so live streaming videos in over like let's say Skype or whatever I mean that's going to be a little bit more of a technical challenge than using voice yeah um, and I don't think we're there yet I've not seen um, or read of any video conference call manipulation in real time yeah I have seen videos whereby uh, there's a an, um, there's definitely an Obama one whereby they've uh, manipulated what he was saying as part of yeah. uh, one of his uh, press conferences I but, believe there's a Mark Zuckerberg one as well where there, he says there is and then th there's there is there's a really strange one where they morph two actors' faces. I can't remember which. There's an actor and Tom Cruise's face, and they morph between the two. Oh. And it's seamless. And it's done slowly enough that one, yeah. it'll start off with one, and it will morph into Tom Cruise, and then it'll morph back. Yeah. So we we 
<laughs> we, the royal we here. Mm. So it's possible to uh, deep fake video content, but yes. not necessarily in the same way that it is for on the fly audio. So we're I a little bit far away. Oh, I, how far away is a little bit far away? You know, are we? Yeah. yeah. Also, do you do you need to? How well can you keep up the guise of? Oh, sorry, my camera's freezing as you as you're rendering your video. <laughs> Based on current technologies and the way yeah. things are going, probably a very long time. I think that's the thing, isn't it? Like, people have to bear in mind, even with things like video conference solutions, mm. quite a lot of them aren't that good, right? No. So you used as a verification step. Maybe, maybe not ideal. I don't, I, I'm trying to think of all the video conferences. And also, how much attention do you pay on a video conference? M- me specifically? No, just one in general. Oh, thank God. No, no, I know. <laughs> I know what the answer is from you. But if... You are in a room, a conference call, and there's multiple people on a screen. Yeah. Are you really paying 100% attention to that? And what's the resolution as well? If you're, well, the resolution's If it's boardroom to boardroom or something, yeah. I mean, some of the financial services organizations I've worked in, very good. Yeah. Some of the other places, terrible. Yeah, I think that's you've got to consider for general business risk. Yeah, I mean. and general business risk. Um, yeah. I mentioned resolution there, though, of course, that prompts mm. me to uh, to talk about when we when we look at things like this person does not exist. Yes. Those those images being created. Mm. Um, are they you know eight K super HD zoom right in images, or is this some grainy at a distance arm's length kind of photographs? It's it's definitely not super eight K. Um, I, I'm trying to remember what the size limitation is annoying because I've been trying to figure this out for like a week and mm-hmm. I've definitely seen it. it it's definitely lined 152 by 100. Somebody's going to correct me, but 120, <laughs> right? Let's yeah. say it's low. It They're high res, but they're small, Yeah, right? If you start to zoom in or extrapolate, you're going to see the defects. Now, there are defects because, you know, it's it's an adversarial network. Mm-hmm. It's a training model, right? And if you want to know one of the, the, the things that I use to look at, especially in... Um, any photo that's generated by a network, if you look around jewellery or earrings, mm, jewellery, yeah, yeah. they're always distorted because it, it's not part of that training model. It's like, okay, so they can put in, they, they know that people wear glasses. They know that people wear jewellery. They know that, you know, what the makeup of face is. But it always looks like a little bit skewed. Now, mm-hmm. you will see blemishes within them because you'll see swirls. Now, Google's, uh, there was a large amount of, Google generated art as well, which is like a nightmarish hellscape of like swirly cats and yep. dogs. If you Google sort of uh, Google Google's sort of deep fake type stuff or image generation, you'll see. And those swirls exist even within the generated faces for people because, you know, no algorithm is 100% perfect yeah. yet. And also because it's small, you're not really going to start seeing these being blown up to, you know, are a good enough quality. I was going to say on LinkedIn, but I've seen some. LinkedIn photos before and mm. but we're not far off from like complete mm-hmm. fake real fake 100% fake because normally on a fake I say Tinder LinkedIn whatever profile the, the two social networks not the two but we were having that conversation about Tinder bots beforehand yeah. right yeah, yeah yeah so so for those who who are just thinking about alternative ways in which this can be used we talk about um, voice for phishing but, yeah. but here what we're talking about is um, setting up fake profiles, right? Be that on online dating, yeah. possibly for coercion or possibly just for other nefarious purposes. Yeah. Or um, even things like uh, LinkedIn, setting up fake profiles for oh, open a, source intelligence gathering. Exactly. But it's the whole thing, right? It's the whole ecosystem. It's creating a... Because normally what would happen is you would look at, if you have doubt, you will grab the image mm-hmm. and you will do a reverse image search using any number of different tools to try and find out where that image has been yeah. borrowed from because that image exists somewhere, right? Yeah. And it's generally based on an actual thing that exists and a person that exists. Mm-hmm. Now, enter 
this world whereby there is no point of reference because it has been generated by an algorithm. Mm -hmm. You take that, you put that into LinkedIn, um, and then using your adversarial network, you deepfake or change multiple different photos to have mm -hmm. these things or generate completely new scenes, like a picnic scene whereby they're out and you create that as a Facebook profile and you're creating legitimacy mm -hmm. to something that doesn't exist and then using that for the nefarious purposes to gain trust. Yeah, absolutely. So I think uh, there's a lot of different risks here just from this mm. generated, created content. We talked about um, fake profiles, we talked yep. about fake um, voice calls. Mm -hmm. Is there any other kinds of risks that people should be concerned in this area? Well, most definitely the the fake video stuff and how do you trust what you're seeing? I mean, it's obviously been, it's, uh, there was a huge amount around the US elections last way around yeah. and next time I think uh, I think the, the predictions are that we're going to see a massive increase and deluge of fake news articles, fake So supposedly videos. things like, um, you know, clips from news, but news that was never published, never happened, exactly. never aired. Or even statements that were never made. Yeah. To the point whereby <clears throat> if everyone lives in an echo chamber, which we do, mm -hmm. um, as been pointed out by the majority of the last sort of the Trump um, winning the election and Brexit, you know, the majority of people that I know, and I live in an echo chamber of people who have very similar views, beliefs and backgrounds, shocked, surprised. Yep. But if you talk outside of it and you look at the, the figures, actually the majority of people have a different view. And if you've then only got this feedback loop whereby you're in this social bubble and you're only seeing things that are referenced and linked by people who you know well, and then there's a deep fake introduced into that and it populates amongst your own social networking group and then mm -hmm. that explodes, it, it's a scary thing to see what's going to happen. The manipulation possibilities are huge mm -hmm. and it's very difficult. Well, it's very difficult for anyone who doesn't have... There are techniques to find and look at technical techniques to find and look at for these oh, this Oh, uh, this reminds me, though. It's like when, uh, not not in the context of deepfakes, but it's mm. like where a newspaper misprints, yeah. I mean, everything from flat-out lies to just, mm -hmm. oh, we worded this poorly. And then, you know, the next day they, they correct it, right? The There's retraction. a little, little yeah. line at the bottom. Oh, sorry, we, we misstated this yesterday. Yeah. And it's, you know, the, the newspaper is read by a million people and the retraction is seen by 11. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's usually like page 13, right at the bottom in the left-hand corner. Yeah, yeah. So, well, a similar thing here, right? Which you have um, generated malicious, you know, deep fake mm. content that goes viral, perhaps, yep. and then someone coming out and saying, "Oh, actually, that video wasn't wasn't that, legitimate." It, and it's like, how does that equally go viral? Does that? Of course not. This is not legitimate because there's no sensationalism in it. The first time, perhaps. The first time, it'll be like, "Oh my god, we all got totally tricked by <laughs> yeah, this thing," yeah, yeah, and yeah. The, the the retraction will be like, "This is amazing. This technology exists." Yeah, yeah. Third, fourth time, nobody cares. Yeah, and then you get become accustomed to it, and then you create a. I mean, I guess the the best dystopian outcome is that we all just get used to everything just being fake and lies anyway. Mm -hmm. So we just don't trust anything. Is this a thing that uh, security companies should be looking at now? So it's very popular to talk about things like security awareness training. Should this be included in security awareness training? And should uh, red teams be looking at adopting this as, as an active threat? Can we deep fake content to demonstrate this is possible? So I think the red team in question I'm going to tackle first because my okay. belief is absolutely. Yeah. I think this is something that we should be building into our armory. And mm -hmm. I think it's something that we should be making use of as an education. So that, that first sensationalized one is uh, actually we tricked you, but but our security team tricked you, not not an attack. Exactly. So this is, this is a threat that you will see more and more of. Um, we'd like to get you guys up to speed on this. And yeah. so... By having it as a as a uh, uh, as a tool within your toolbox from mm -hmm. red teaming point of view, then obviously the user awareness piece has to be there yeah. as well. 
And it'll be really useful to show a generation of a fake, a uh, deep fake, and then show how it can be weaponized and how it can be used to manipulate mm-hmm. and steal or, you know, get to the point of. But then also be able to say, okay, cool. Well, now that you've seen that this is an actual practical attack, these are the steps that we need to take to, to educate. Now, I would love to see a uh, deep fake awareness program. Mm-hmm. I think it would be fascinating. Um, I think we still struggle with even the basics. So. Yeah. <laughs> Um, is it something that you need to target and where does it become a, a company-wide training or is it specifically targeted at anyone who deals with customer services, finance and Lord level? levels, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, we all, yeah, yeah, again, we're still not doing the basics though, right? I mean, do you pick up the phone from an outside line and they say, oh, I was trying to get hold of, Steve and accounts, can you transfer me? So they transfer you on the internal line and then suddenly it looks like you originated within the company and you can be somebody else. So are we educating people on not transferring, the risks of doing that? Yeah. And then add in the deep fake piece whereby it turns out he sounds like Steve, but he's not Steve, but you're still transferring it internally and it becomes Steve. So yeah, yeah. I would love to see the awareness on that, but there's so many attack vectors. It's, it's like everything. It's going to be something that evolves and grows over time. Um, but I do think we need to be educating board, at least the board and customer services and client-facing people mm-hmm. to the risks of the possibility of deep fakes and going a little bit further to verify um, who it is you're speaking to. It's kind of like know your customer in a little bit better way. Yeah. From the banking term, it's like... I'm trying, you know, to, deep, I'm trying to think yeah. of what the guidance would be. So... Um, you know, you talk to people about, hey, don't trust links in emails. Yeah. And if you if you can, you say, don't click the link in the email. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. you know, um, hey, if you bank emails, you send us a security alert in your account. Call them up. You know, use an alternative method. Yeah. And and then, and, you know, if you if you need to click the link, you know, check the host name, mm. make sure it's correctly formatted. And and now what I'm thinking is we're building up to, if you do get a video call from the CEO, just zoom in really far in his face and see if it's a bit swirly. Yeah, <laughs> you know? just have a look to see if there's any sort of like, yeah, does it blemishes? Yeah. Is it, but then, what what did his jewellery look like? Yeah, well, yeah, that could was be she wearing a necklace? Was it a bit squishy? Did it look real? Because you know yeah. they're a little bit. I mean, but then how long is that going to take? And you, you know, and the bad line thing we talked about earlier, which is still perfect. It's like yeah. I'm really sorry, my internet's poor today, so I can't do video. I'm on the road. Mm. I don't have enough bandwidth to do a high quality video, so we're just going to have to do audio. And what, are you going to argue with your CEO? I'm entirely sorry. I can't possibly approve this transaction until I see your face. <laughs> you know. Oh, gosh. So it's going to become it's going to become problematic. Um, I don't know how widespread it will be. It'll be interesting to see how... So I, I think about this, and I think it's, it's one of those things where um, there'll, there'll be possible attacks for a very, very long time mm. that, that nobody does. Yeah. And then one threat group pulls it off. Yeah. It works really well. And everyone goes, hey, that was good. Yeah, and um, then they start looking and investing yeah. in developing cool sets for it. So I, I do think there'll be a delay between it being, um, as now, right, yeah. technically feasible, but not widespread. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if at, at some point, mm. someone does a, a good attack, it gets well publicized, mainstream media pick up it and go, hey, you know, this is this deep fake thing, mm. let us write an article about deep fake, and then a lot of other threat groups will go, okay, we want that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's the same with everything, isn't it? You've got your same for your, um, your malware, and yeah. your viruses, and your worms, and all this stuff yeah. that some threat actor will start using it, <clears throat> they'll make some money off of it, Yeah, it will be publicized, like you said, and then everyone else will go, cool. 
And what will happen is there'll be an explosion and then diminishing returns over time. Yeah, You'd yeah. hope. You'd hope. Well, but yeah. this is going to be really tricky. There are ways of detecting it, like I said. Now... Can we can we develop tools that just you know how um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm really massively oversimplifying so forgive me but mm. um, when, when I receive an email from yeah. an outside email yes. it says external Thomas. email yeah, 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 yeah. you know is is it is it possible for there to be um, an algorithm that checks video content and says this might just be dodgy you know be careful so yes there is uh, those algorithms already exist mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm not sure so I, I need to find out who referenced it but there was definitely there are ways of detecting fake videos and fake images mm-hmm. within from an algorithm and point uh, alma, alma algorithmic thank you uh, point of view which is great mm-hmm. but who has access to that as a, as a general thing are you going to have yeah. to build this into your security tool suite right mm-hmm. <clears throat> is it going to be oh I have my AV I have my EDR I have my deep fake detection, I have mm. my phishing, my spam, my WAF. You know, is this going to just be another thing that's built into your tool set uh, from a security point of view? Probably at some point, depending yeah. on how often and how frequent it is. But then you've also got to tie that in with audio, right? Yeah, and you've got, you get alert fatigue, you know, if it triggers too often and yeah. says, oh, this might be dodgy when really it's just a, a poor line, line or something, yeah. yeah. And then what happens if it's a poor line and it's actually a fake? You've got, ah, this happens all the time. Exactly, exactly. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> it will be interesting to see how we look at addressing that going forward. Um, also, if you're on a physical phone line, I mean, I know they don't exist much these days, but some places still have, you know. It's all VoIP these days, right? Yeah, so VoIP, you can probably embed it, right? Yep. But outside of VoIP, I mean, I still have a desk phone. I haven't answered it, by the way, in about two years. <laughs> uh, I just watch it tick over each month, which is always Is fun. it one of those where you like have to rotate? The it's not a rotary down. phone, no. It's a rotary? Cool. You even know what they're called? This is fabulous. I've fallen into your trap again. <laughs> so, um, but that, that you do raise a good point there, though, where I- even if we do, if you say there is an algorithm that mm. can detect uh, deepfake audio, yeah. deepfake um, video, well, how many systems can you implement that <laughs> in, right? It's like, can you get it in your email? Can you get uh, it in your VoIP phone? Can you get it on your PSTN? Yeah. Am I, I'm going to be able to watch a, a video on a actual TV yeah. and it's my TV, my smart TV. Well, I just mean, have like, a, if, do I have to then record it on my yeah. phone and then have it decide whether or not it's <laughs> yeah. real or not? Yeah, oh man, a mobile app, that would be wonderful. Um, uh, that might be in development. Possibly, that would be good. Yeah, a mobile app that can tell you if, if the voice call that you're on is good or not. Oh. I, I worry, I worry that. <laughs> I was going the other way. Oh, okay, right. No, so, I was thinking, um, if I am on a video call, can mm. I hold my phone up to the webcam to, to have my phone tell me? But um, a thing I was thinking, um, if you do have... And say so you have uh, a fake call detection on mm. your VoIP phone. Yeah. If an attacker can enumerate that and determine, oh, we can't do voice up over the line, can they do something like uh, getting the person's mobile phone number yeah. and call them on that just to, to bypass that protection? So we're now getting them to go out of bound. Yeah. Instead of following, it's like, oh, this person's got VoIP. And you can definitely enumerate whether or not it's a voice for a VoIP versus a standard yeah, phone, yeah. right? So that's great. So they go, oh, okay, cool. You know, if it's prevalent, oh, they're using this brand. And even that's a social engineering attack, isn't it? Yeah. So it depends on how much they're willing to do their recon. Is it a tar- It's the same as always, right? Is mm-hmm. this a targeted attack against your organization from a dedicated threat actor? Yeah. Or are you getting the noise that we all see from a vulnerability that's come out and you maybe haven't patched on Patch Tuesday, right? Or yeah. are you just getting swept up with the, the general noise and mess on the internet? Yeah. Or is this a dedicated attack? If it's a dedicated attack, as we all know... Yeah it's a hell of a lot harder to defend against. Saying, saying that, actually, I'm going to counterpoint her own argument here, but... So there is an argument in relation to things like the TravelX breach. So TravelX got uh, ransomware December 31st, that, that was dropped, mm. and um, somebody pointed out on social media, they said, 
Um, Travelex, a billion dollar revenue, yes. seven and a half thousand employees. Mm. If you have access to their internal systems and you've been there for months, you would do fraud. Why would you ransomware them? And the fact that they ransomware is maybe the attacker saying, oh, you know what? All of this fraud stuff is just hard. Yeah. It's going to do ransomware because it's easy. Maybe maybe there's a protection there for deep fakes where it's like, <clears throat> we could do some deep fakes, but it's really hard work when we could just ransomware everyone. Always going to choose the simplest option with yeah. the greatest return, right? Yeah, yeah. That's why you don't see many zero days burn just randomly on... It's expensive yeah. to develop. It's expensive to deploy. You don't want to burn it, right? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, all right. But I am thinking that, you know, when's the trickle-down effect going to get to your standard smaller businesses? Yeah. You know, How long before how, it's easy? Exactly. Yeah. It's not something that, you know, you need to worry about. I don't know. That's going to come back and bite me in the ass. <laughs> it doesn't feel like it's something you need to worry about right now yeah. unless it's a dedicated threat actor trying to go after to defraud you. But then again, you know, the company that was defrauded, I think, was an insurance company, which I would have assumed it would have been a bank that got hit first. Now insurance and banking. Uh, but it's interesting. And oh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's one of those, um, if you are testing, you know, mm. you, you uh, get yeah. a new malware strand or something, yeah, you try sure. it on try it on a, on a big target, but not something too big. Big to prove the point, but not so big it might burn the, the order kind of thing in, the, yeah, in that context. That's true. It, you know, go for something that's middle, you know, medium size. So <laughs> proof of point. Proof of concept and yeah. then start looking at it. So maybe, maybe that's what we're, maybe that's what we're seeing. We're seeing the field testing, but it's already been exposed and discussed. So yeah. although then again, the controls and the solutions and the, the pen testing and security companies were not there from a training point of view yet. I don't think there is, I don't, somebody will most likely correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think the tool sets are currently out there to deliver this sort of awareness yet. I, I mean, I think any organization can do awareness in terms of by the way this exists. Uh, okay. and, and I think, yeah. you know, that should be built up to demonstrations. Yes, demonstrations, I think they're just the hit so close to home, right? They're just, it's better than this thing exists. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's easier than watch this video. That's fine. Great. Okay. I understand the concept. But here's what we actually did to you. And then there's that oh shit moment. And yeah. everyone suddenly realizes what's going on. It's like um, why a lot of companies like doing phishing campaigns, right? Where they develop their own malicious emails and send yeah. them in. It's like demonstrable risk. Yeah. It's also, yeah. It's one of those things that the board love as well. They love to see the fact that it's, oh, our security team crafted this. And, you know, we've seen a downward. Click, uh, click through because we've been doing these <laughs> training things. Like, yeah, okay, cool. This is we saw uh, uh, stuff happened. Well, I, yeah, like, I, you know, I don't believe in like there being a. Yeah, never mind. It's another another topic for another time. Yeah, talking about um, metrics for security is a difficult one. So, so I guess we always have to end these these topics mm. with like, hey, this is awesome. What should companies be doing now? What what should somebody who's listened to this never heard about deep facts before, or maybe they've seen the odd video but never mm. really realized that this is something that could be used in an attack? What's the immediate actions for companies? You want me to end on a happy note? Uh, give it a go. I mean, like as best I, we can. I know I, these these are very often depressing. I, I in the last podcast that I recorded, it I generally got to the end of it, and it's just like I hope that didn't upset too many people. No. <laughs> like, let's go for a happy note. What what should companies do now? Um. Happy. Uh, I'll go for semi-positive. So I think just having a general awareness to begin with. Mm -hmm. I think we've touched on some of the points as well. It is the the out-of-band phone calls back and forth. Um, The quick win is really having a process that considers these things, Mm -hmm. knowing that it is a possibility, and then having something in place to how would you challenge, and also how would you challenge your CEO 
to make sure that is actually yep. the CEO. Now, remember that these things can be changed on the fly, but that's very expensive for an attacker right now. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a set phrase or a secret word? Oh, it's going to be terrible. But is there something you can put into a conversation to ensure that, yeah, to ensure that it is actually the person? Or do you have to go down the lines of having two bands of communication for voice as well? So instead of it just being like, give you a phone call or send you an email to follow up yeah. or is it going to be a case of a text message to a known number? I think I think whatever you pick, someone will find a weakness Yeah, I know, it. I've totally, I'm already working out how to bypass all the yeah. stuff I'm saying at the same time it's because... Like two-factor authentication where you both share a code. No, I think the uh, thing here, it's just look at the process, yeah, right? Yeah, it's got to be, and if I the, hate that. If it was forged, if the call yeah. was spoofed, how uh, would you detect that? Uh... It's going to be down to process, isn't yeah, it? And process. it's reviewing, right? Do you know yeah. what it is? It's actually probably having a a forum to review. For, let me go take the example of uh, the invoice fraud, right? Yeah. Review your accounts. If somebody is actually changing the bank details for a known supplier that you've been paying for the last 10 years, flag it mm-hmm. before that payment is approved and have it yeah. reviewed. Because if company X suddenly sends you an email... Now, actually, bizarrely, uh, the, this actually happened before Christmas, whereby one of our suppliers did actually change their bank details. Mm -hmm. But as soon as that happened, because we've educated our finance teams, they came straight to me and said, look, we've had this email. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to phone the person back Mm -hmm. before I change these details. They phoned them back. um, They got the reception. It was then forwarded to a mobile call. My finance person was like, there's no way this is real. This is obviously a a scam. I am not changing this. Three weeks later... We didn't pay them, yeah, or we paid the wrong account because that was a legitimate change of bank details. Yeah, yeah. So we can't even do it. Everyone's so paranoid. So I don't want to create paranoia because <laughs> my guys are my team are already paranoid. Yeah. Um, so there is. I think it's just a case of reviewing stuff and then confirming with the supplier and making sure that it's somebody yeah. you know and trust. And quite possibly, if you are really uncertain, maybe just request a face to face. Yeah, yeah, if it's feasible or a. Uh, video. Oh. Oh, uh. <laughs> oh, oh, it gets difficult. It just reminded me, actually, I, I won't name the company, but um, it recently came out on social media that uh, a company had sent a, a series of emails out to their staff about their mm. mandatory phishing e- uh, training, yep. and uh, none of them clicked the link. So none of them went through with the training because they thought it was phishing. Oh, no. I have seen that happen yeah. very close to home as yeah. well. Or or even the, the email that comes out that... <laughs> the email that comes out that educates someone how to report a phishing email gets, like, ignored because they think it's a phishing email and nobody follows the practices. So it's like, what, you have to have classroom-based training on how to click a button? And unfortunately, that's about having an aggressive security team that just want to do things right. But sometimes you do need to just dial down on the paranoia. Metrics. A little bit of people, a little bit of process, and a little bit of technology. That's kind of of a balance there. Mm Mm-hmm. So, thank you very much to the algorithm we have trained with the voice of Mike Koss for it's joining us right. today. Yeah. That was um, fascinating. <clears throat> and uh, if we get a lot of clicks on this, we might let you back in. I very much doubt that. But, you know, it's <laughs> always a pleasure to discuss these things with you, Holly. Awesome. Thank you, Mike. And to the audience, um, what do you think is going to be the next big thing? Do you think we're years away from uh, deepfakes being a real problem for most companies, broadly speaking? Or do you think that we are on the cusp of this being a significant threat? Let us know over social media. And uh, if we get any good questions or any good feedback, we will feed them to Mike and he'll let us know uh, his thoughts on those as well. So thank you. Awesome. Thank you very much.